era begins again. Welcome to this edition of Motorcycle Madhouse Radio. Thanks for joining us today. It is a miserable day here in Illinois. Let me tell you, it's freaking raining when it should be snowing. It's all confused. Mother Nature is on it, period. Anyway, we got an exciting show today. I actually put out a video on George Christie a few days ago, weeks ago, whatever it was, and boy, did I hear it from his supporters. One of the things that his supporters was saying was, hey, you you're known to put out both sides of the story. Why are you only putting out, uh, you know, sunny side of the story? Well, I actually didn't put out sunny side of the story. I put it in the news and gave my opinion on this deal. But, uh, you know, keeping up with tradition, I'm going to put out uh, George Christie's side of the story. And you guys decide, because quite frankly, I don't care. <laughs> okay? You know, it's just not my side of the fence. But, you know, I will keep up with tradition and put that side of the story out. Uh, I did do some digging with some uh, past articles, and yes, I did interview George Christie, uh, I think last year, uh, but I guess that's not enough for his supporters, so I'm going to do this one today. And, uh, you know, I did look at, you know, some past articles. Boy, he didn't, uh, you know, hold back on his feelings <laughs> towards Sonny, and it's amazing uh, that these two guys were once called, quote, brothers, but, you know, let's get into uh, the past articles of uh, what went down. That way you get some basis and all that kind of stuff. And hopefully it'll put it to rest that, you know, I'm not being one-sided. So let's take a look real quick. One of the major complaints about George Christie has been... He has gone out, he's done a one-man show, he's currently shooting a movie, which I think I covered in that last video. He was doing History Channel, Outlaw Chronicles, basically people saying he was, uh, you know, profiting off of his former club, which, hey, I think both of them are doing, uh, you know, one's making movies on this, the other's making movies on that, there was the TV show Sons of Anarchy, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, so it's going both ways what they're doing, the difference is one's out bad, and he did talk about it for a little bit in our interview, he, you know, he said he went to the meeting uh, to hand in his stuff because he didn't feel like the direction of the club was going the way it used to be. It was just going in the wrong direction, so he handed off his patch, did it the right way, he claims, and then next thing you know, uh, he got a phone call that he was on a no-contact list, uh, all that good stuff. That according to George Christie. And I guess the deal started when Christie claimed that Sonny made a 911 phone call, which I I don't know the whole thing behind the phone call. I do know there was transcripts on the on it, but then they came back and you know said George Christie was a rat and all that 
good stuff, which, you know, again, you guys ain't in the club. I was never uh, in that club, and I really don't think it matters to the outside. Like I said, there's going to be two camps in this deal. You're going to have people that back Sonny, which uh, their side considers to be a legend, which you got to give the guy credit. He, you know, really took that club worldwide, and it was off of his name recognition that uh, the H.A really came about and then you had George Christie who was heir apparent as they say and they had a falling out and I guess Christie confronted uh, Sonny at a meeting of uh, the West Coast officers and it didn't go well he brought it up and they got in the words next thing you know he left and you know now he's out on bad so again that ain't my place to say who's right who's wrong because i really don't know and i really don't care i'm just reporting both sides of the story that way it gets out there anyway i found this article off a of nash or new york daily news.com and it's an old one but it kind of gives you the gist of uh his side of the story of what went down and why he went out bad in the whole damn thing. Uh, Sonny Barger, the notorious and feared leader of the Hells Angel, was actually a hell-raising hypocrite who relied more on his biker mystique than actual menace. In his new book, and if I read the book, and it gave a, you know, a lot of history behind you know the Mongol Hells Angel deal, uh, it was actually a decent read, so I do recommend you guys taking a look at it. Uh, Exile on Front Street, My Life as a Hell's Angel and Beyond, Barger's one-time hair apparent, George Christie, exposes his ex-boss as a snitch, a wife-beater, and a phony. Now, those are, you know, it was some harsh words calling uh, Sonny a snitch, uh wife beater you got to remember these guys are old school man and the way it used to be it used to be before all this pc stuff women were uh, seen not heard they got out of line you put them back in line yes that was the real motorcycle club scene uh then he goes on to say take the first two allegation barger call to the cops followed the domestic violence incident where he attacked spouse no and her 14 year old daughter sarah Worm, rumors were flying that no was a paid FBI informant, but that wasn't the impetus behind the assault. Uh, again, I don't know if that's true. I really didn't research uh, the old lady. Uh, this is actually the first time I heard about that, but, you know... Everybody's a paid informant nowadays. According to Christie, Barger came home angry after Noel caught him riding with another woman on his motorcycle and tried to run him off the road. <laughs> Crazy broad. Barger then called 911, tipping police to a handgun inside Noel's car. Quote, an outlaw didn't dial those three numbers. It's the same as testifying Christy Fumes. Sonny had been the model of the wild, unbending outlaw, but living with an informant, beating a 14-year-old girl, calling 911, those were things the Hells Angels didn't do. Uh, it, you know, if it's true... The guy got the point. He does have a point. You don't live with a known FBI informant. Uh, you sure to hell didn't call. You know, I can see calling 911 if you were, you know, 
trying to save somebody's life, but going ahead and throwing uh, the issue up of, hey, there's a handgun in there, you know, that right there, you're getting into gray territory. At the next, and this is that meeting I was talking about, at the next West Coast officer meeting, Christie produced the 911 transcript. So he actually had transcript. And uh, with the newspaper article offering a stunning description of Barger in what can only be described as a nervous breakdown, uh, a neighbor found uh, Barger in a delusional state, so out of touch with re- reality that he was hospitalized. And, you know, to that defense, you got to look how old the guy is, man. Just because you're uh, an icon to that side of the aisle and you did a lot. As far as movies and getting your name known, getting that uh, club known, yeah, a person can have a nervous breakdown, you know. Health is health, man. Uh, the Angels, rather than sanctioning Barger, accused Christie of faking the transcripts. Barger was spared any blowback for breaking the outlaw code. He goes on to say he's always had a particular sway of member of the membership, particularly the weakened-minded uh, angels. Christie bitterly reflects, but a line was drawn between Barger and Christie—a feud that won't die until one of them is in the grave. Well, you know they are getting both older. <laughs> he's always, uh, you know, but a line was drawn. I said, "Sonny and I were done." Right, uh, Christie. He hated being questioned. He believed it was his club. Anyone who said differently was a threat that had to be eliminated. And, you know, I actually have an article coming out in a couple weeks about how bad, how it's been used for political purposes, and it's not the same like it used to be. How bad meant, you know, you were shooting up, you were stealing from the club, or, you know, quite frankly, uh, you were a rat, so that's the way uh, it used to be. Christie, 69, snidely dismissed the 77-year-old Barger as all mystique, no menace, claiming Sonny lacked a reputation for violence or being physically dangerous. Basically, he was saying he, you know, he was... you know, living off the mystique, his reputation, and he was having others do it. That would be bad uh, be news to Hollywood and most everyone else, including law enforcement. Barger was the barrel face of the Angels back in the glory days when the gang was the most feared tribe on the road or maybe in the world. Christie, president of Ventura, California chapter, built his own status within the Angels by claiming or calming the terror inspired by Barger after he founded the Oakland chapter in 1958. And in uh, his one book, Sonny does talk about how the Oakland chapter was founded. He actually brought up, uh, according to today's protocol, it wouldn't be a legit chapter back then. Actually, they go by charters, not chapters. Uh, a former Marine, Christie stepped out to uh, the microphone with a disarming message after Barger lost his voice to throat cancer in 82. He goes on the same. He wanted to uh, frame the club as a bunch of good guys who uh, held freedom dear and just wanted to live uh, their life, he writes. 
over and over again. He pressed that the Hells Angels love America more than anyone else. Uh, you know, he was a brilliant uh, public relations type of officer, and I think he did, uh, you know, set back the media. He actually got involved with the media and really put this uh, narrative out there that they actually picked up on and that, you know, I don't think there's been somebody since Christie that has worked with the media to, you know, form their own uh, narrative. Uh, you know, then it goes into a little history about, uh, you know, basically, you know, how can I say it goes into the freaking history of back and forth with them. Uh, he, uh, Christie claiming entrapment carried himself so well in court that he was acquitted in a move worthy of uh, Teflon Don John Gotti. He then threw a backyard barbecue for the jury. Rock, <laughs> that is kind of funny, man. Uh, you know, it does talk about uh, how he spent a lot of years in uh, confinement, uh, but he emerged from prison a changed man on a deal downhill slide. The once we know came when he married a woman who waited for him, Nikki, uh, and Mickey Rourke uh, danced at their. Uh, you know, wedding. But, but again, this is from uh, the book. Uh, let's see here. Exile on Front Street. Uh, then let's go back to uh, George Christie is on a mission for relevancy. This is out of the Huffington Post. And he's taken the mission across the airwaves. You know, everybody, you know, knows that he did Outlaw Chronicles. Personally, I never watched it. I didn't even see the, the first one. So, whoever watched it, let me know in the comment section of the show, because, again, I never watched it, so I can't speak on that. Uh, here's Christie implied he left the club in 2011 because the lifestyle was no longer a good fit. However, a growing number of active members have publicly denied George's version of the story. In addition, the contents of a 2011 letter penned by an Oakland member and addressed to Christie has recently resurfaced. The correspondents told George in no uncertain terms it was time to resign his membership. Why? There was growing suspicion that Christie was sharing incriminating information with authorities about his club brothers in exchange for personal leniency in an ongoing investigation and lo and behold shortly after that letter was sent Christie walked into the Ventura clubhouse and offered up his resignation within a few days the club voted to change George's status to I'll bet no contact and no contact means just that the contact allowed from any member to George Christie ever that decision did not occur because Christie resigned, nor did it occur because Sonny influenced the vote, as Christie claims. The decision was made because by this time, multiple members were convinced George was an informant throwing him under the bus in order to save himself. And that's the thing about informants, and this is one part of the story that I never understood, was did they have proof he was actually a rat? Did they have proof? proof that Sonny wasn't influencing the vote uh, against George. Uh, when asked about uh, Sonny about the conflicting stories, he leaned forward and said, I'm willing to take a polygraph about this issue. The question 
is Will George. Hey, you know, I guess that uh, would have settled it right there if uh, they both took a lie detector test, even though I don't believe in them damn things. Uh, so it, it goes on, and they call the bottom line, betrayal never comes from a known enemy, which you, you got that right, nor does it show up via stranger. Betrayal always lands on the doorstep delivered by a Judas whom we trust deeply someone in our inner circle a family member a close friend and in this case many believe a club brother you know rumors and innuendos and stuff like that follows uh, some uh, a real tricky path so my final thoughts is it's he said she said crap uh, again, it don't pertain to me, so I don't care, but I did care about uh, people saying, hey, you didn't get both sides of the story out on this deal in the last video, so there you got it. I gave you both sides of the story, what he had to say, uh, what they had to say, but personally, what does it really matter? Uh, you know, I know a lot of people beef on uh, Christy because he's out doing this or doing that, living off the reputation. Well, again, Again, both sides are doing the same thing, so I don't know, you know, the reason why it matters. Who cares? Uh, but they're both out there doing it, and it's going to play out the way it's going to play out like it has been playing out. You're always going to have his camp, and then you're going to have the other guy's camp in the deal. So, personally, I think just ride, do your freaking thing, but you did get both sides of the story, so don't go out there and claim I didn't give it. Uh, don't forget to go over to MotorcycleMadhouse.com, HooliganBiker.com for the editorials, especially that Albada editorial, how I talk about how it's used just for political reasons now, uh, and especially with the pop-up clubs. Now, many people are confused when I talk about motorcycle clubs this and that. It mostly pertains to pop-up clubs. That's something I should have been real uh, clear about because it does confuse people. But anyway, go over there, check it out. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. And uh, with that, I'll see you in the next segment. In your face, all over the place. We're online 24-7, 24-7. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Hollywood's Motorcycle Madhouse on Spotify and iTunes Radio.